hope I do. Hey, I got sound. Amen. Uh, I, when he said uh, sit, I sit because I was ready for, I don't know what I was ready for. <laughs> I said, I was quite comfortable with just going on with where it was going and what I was feeling and sensing. I, I don't know about everybody. I love being in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's awesome. You know? <laughs> you know? You know, I, it's good. I, 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 I can't, I don't tell you, I'm just, I like this stuff. I, I do. I just like knowing that I've been given a special privilege to be able to come in the presence of the Almighty God, King of the universe. And, and I'm still blown away by it because I'm told he can take everything and he can hold it right in the hollows of his hands, including me, including you, including all of our troubles and all of our problems and all of our issues. And believe me, they are multiple today, complicated today. We, got, we don't have simple issues like we used to have. You notice that? It's connected to this, and it's connect, and it just seems like that you, you, you just, they're all sort of locked together, and you, you just, as soon as you start getting rid of, there's another one, and another one, and another one, and they're just so interconnected, and, and it's nice to know there's a God bigger than all of that. There's a God that knows my yesterdays. He knows where I'm at right now. But the one we're talking about this morning is one who also knows where I'm going to be. The one who already sees my future, already knows. And that's the, really the one I want to talk about. Uh, let's pray. And then I'm just going to be brief here this morning and, and, um, and do what I need to do and sit down and get out of the way. Praise the Lord. Father, we do thank you. We, we love you, Jesus. I mean, God, I'm not trying to be irreverent, but man, you're good to us. You're awesome. And Lord, it seems like sometimes we're just so loaded down and it seems like we're so burdening out and we're just, and we're shackled and chained so many times. You're right there, Lord, to loose those bounds. You're there to break the shackles. You're there to set the captives free. And we thank you for that. But I'm excited today knowing, Lord, that your word is true, that where two or three would come together in your name that there is this assurance that you're right here this morning. And we're so glad to have you here. Now, Lord, the other thing is, please get Irvin out of the way. And I've got my notes and stuff, but Lord, you speak. We need the anointing. We need your presence. We need you to take the little pitiful words that I got, transform them into words, Lord, that speak to our hearts, that allow us to walk out here a little different than we came in. And Lord, we give you praise and glory. And we pray that everything that happened today will do the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, um, Windsor Road, and good morning, Restoration, and visitors, and, and all that. I'm just excited to be here. Uh, my name is Randy Bolton. Well, no. Let's see, get this straight here. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm Irvin. And I get to fill in for Brother Randy today, and I consider it a real honor and a real privilege to be here and to be able to share a word. And, and, but just so that you get a little bit of understanding is that it, this has been kind of a struggle. I've had a great week, but this whole message thing here over here today was a struggle. And, 
And I had several different ideas and thoughts, and I prayed and asked the Lord where to take, and he had me digging up some old notes and things, and, and particularly because of the times that we're living in that I needed to go back this morning and I need to share. Some of you have heard portions of it, particularly restoration. But I, I want to just share this morning because I think it's critical considering the time that we're living in. Now, I don't know about you right now, but I was, and one of the things that influenced me this week here toward the particular word that I got was I was watching a uh, talk show the other day and, and there were some things that were said that really got a hold of my attention and one of them was talking about the state of so many things that's going on. One is this whole universalism, this uh, uh, religious ecumenicalism, if, if that's such a word, this... Um, uh, all roads lead to Rome mentality. Or no matter how you get to God, don't worry about it because all roads lead to God. And, and you know, and something I hope I'm not, well, I st I'm sorry, forgive me. I was getting ready to say I hope that I'm not offensive, but you know what? I, I don't care. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I, I didn't come here to impress anyone. But I come here to share what I believe is the convictions of my heart, what I believe God is doing. And here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the way. I just believe that not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Hare Krishna. I don't need any bells. I don't need to shave my head today. But I believe that Jesus is the way and the only way. Jesus, is, that's the reason why we're here. We're not here to talk about other gods. We're here to talk about Jesus. But somewhere I had read that 56% of the church today is tending to believe that all roads lead to Rome today. It doesn't matter how you get to it. But that's not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me there's only one way and Jesus is that way. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you might be headed the wrong way. As I said, I may be offensive. It's not my intention but I have to hold on to the truth that I got. It's the reason why I'm here. Because see, no other God was willing to do what our God did. No other God was willing to put on the flesh, come down here upon this earth, walk among us, be willing to go through all the hell that he went through. No other God was willing to do that. Only one. And that was willing to take your sins and my sins and bear them upon himself, willing to take my sickness and my disease, take my stupidity. And I got lots of that. I got bushel baskets of that. Willing to take it and bear it upon himself and carry it that I might have eternal life. Was willing to pay the ultimate price for me. And I can't commingle, I can't blend. I can't mix that gospel because no one else was willing to do that. And as a result of just the other day, as I said, I was looking and, and I felt like the Lord was beginning to deal with me more specifically and had me digging out some of my old notes to address us this morning. Now, for some of you who don't know me, uh, let me quickly just set a couple things here in mind. First off, if you're a visitor here today, don't get upset with Randy with what comes out of my mouth today. Please don't do that or with Windsor Road or anything. You know, they told me there's a couple screws missing anyway. So if, and I don't want you holding them responsible for that. 
so please don't do that. But, but, and also too, Randy and I, you know, we're brothers. And uh, we both, you know, and I know we are because we both come from Oklahoma. And, uh, and in the process, if there's a couple of y'alls come out, don't get offended, you northerners up here. Because if we keep working on you, sooner or later, we're going to get you converted. <laughs> you know, and, and you might have some of them y'alls and canes and rat chins too, you see. Oh, him? You see, so don't get upset, you know, just kind of join in with us. We're, we're saved, you know. <laughs> you know, you can trust that, praise the Lord. But when I was a young, and there was something in this, that I experienced when I was growing up, and, and, and one of the things was that I experienced uh, in school, it was first, second, third grade, somewhere around there, in elementary school, and they used to have these things called National Scholastic Magazines out, and these National Scholastic magazines would have a bunch of different things in there and articles for the kids and little science stuff. And then they would have quizzes and crossword puzzles. But there always seemed to be some kind of a maze in there. And with these mazes, the whole idea was that you were supposed to start at some point, usually the beginning, which was a good place to start at. And if it said start, that's where you probably should go. And anyway, the idea was to work your way back up toward the finish. And at the finish, usually there was something worthwhile up there. There was a treasure. If you were a single and you were looking for a wife, there was a wife waiting there, or there was a husband there, or, or there might have been a pot of gold or something. And your, idea, your, your job was to make it through it without going down some of the dead ends and try to get there as best you could, efficiently as you could do it. And... But, you know, and, and so you would start with your pencil and you would work your way. Now, some of the more sophisticated ones had things like swamps and, and, and dragons and snakes and, and other kinds, alligators and all kinds of other critters that would be there as part of that. You know, and the idea you wanted to try to avoid those things. Well, in order to avoid them, I found the way that always guaranteed me success. It never failed. I cheated. I would start at the finish and I would work my way back because I knew that was the safest way to do it and I always won. Now, I've told something here and I'm going to get here, but I also shared with Restoration knows that a lot of people in this community probably know it, is that I'm probably one of the greatest chess players that live in this community. And I'm not laughing, I'm not being funny, I am just that good, and I've been playing chess for over 50 years, and I am probably, I, let's put it this way, I've never lost a game in over 40 years. That's that, and, and I'm not trying to bag, brag or anything, so please don't, don't, do, don't understand that, but if you're good, you're just good, and I have to acknowledge that. Seriously, I, I am that good. And as I said, I've never lost a game because if I thought she was going to beat me, I'd turn the table over, you know. <laughs> I've never lost. And when it comes to mazes, I've never lost in one of those because if you cheat, you can always win, you know. So I always won. This, I did this when I was going to school. Did you know today, I, I found something out from some of my kids here, was that one day they was downloading some information off the computer, and what I found them doing, this whole cheating thing, they were downloading a cheat sheet for their electronic games. It's like cheating. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. But the prop, listen, one of the issues, though, is that sometimes, even in life, we keep on cheating. 
sometimes we're trying to find a way to the end and so we look for shortcuts and we look for other ways to do that and yet God has promised us that he is the way now it would be made so much simpler if on that this maze if there was a straight line that started here and went straight to the castle then I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to fight any alligators. I don't have to deal with quicksand. I don't have to deal with monsters and dragons and all those other things. You see, if I could just get a straight... But life isn't like that, is it? It, it? it seems like always taking us down pathways, and many of those pathways, we bump into the alligators. We bump into the quicksand. We bump into the dragons. That's real. That's the reality of the life that we live in. And in fact, in Psalms 34, verse 19, the psalmist tends to deal with it. And here's what he says, and please, some of you, let me correct you here. Don't get scared because of a couple of words that's about to be used. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I, I went to a whole, I, I looked through a number of translations. And with the exception of maybe one or two, most of the translations I saw used that ominous word, afflictions. It sounds like it's old-fashioned, and it sounds spooky. It sounds like here is something, try to avoid, if you can, afflictions. Keep away from them afflictions. Take something. Do something. You know, get help. But don't let the affliction catch up with you. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Otherwise, you're not going to get away from them. But even with that, God gives us a promise. And he tells us, he lets us know that they're going to be part of your lives. Some of you, probably 90% of us in here are going through some form of affliction right now. There are issues going on in our lives right now. And some of them are scratching our heads or we're crying out and we don't know what to do with them. But let me tell you, be assured today, afflictions are part of your walk when you walk with God. They're part of it. But the promise that God gives us, he says, but the Lord. Now, correction. For those of you who are new Christians, when we use the word Lord, we're talking about God. So we, we want you to be aware of that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord God himself will deliver us, him, out of them all. Here is a promise. You don't get away from the afflictions, but you don't go through them alone. And when you go through the afflictions with God, it's all part of the plan. And you're never alone, and you're never in trouble. And you know how we like to feel like we're in trouble? You're not in trouble. Because as long as God is carrying you through, he has a plan for you, and you will get there. And you will never be able to avoid the afflictions. Now, let me just add something else to that along there. Because afflictions come to the righteous as well as the unrighteous, comes to the just and the unjust. The sun shines and the rain falls on those who are saved and those who aren't saved. It's going to come anyway. Storms of life. It doesn't matter whether you're saved or whether you're unsaved. Storms are going to come. The difference is you don't have to go through them alone. And if you'll trust God, he's got something lined up just for you. And in the end, you will see the power of God being moved in your life because God was directing it all the time. They're going to keep coming. Many says more than one. 
they're going to keep coming again and again and again and again. But the thing that you need to know is that God will always be there and God will see you always, will always see you through. Now, sometimes God allows us to go around afflictions. But it seems like many times he lets us go through them. You know, life is amazing. In Exodus, the 13th chapter, in the 21st verse, God knew that if he didn't, did not, didn't, did not lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, they wouldn't have made it. Now, just for a moment here, listen. It's not that the children of Israel did not know their way home. They knew how to get back to Canaan. There was not an issue about them being lost. They didn't need a roadmap, GPS, or anything else. They knew how to get home. After all, their forefathers came from there. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of his brothers, they all came there. They knew where they were going. They knew how to get back home. But that wasn't the issue. The idea was that God wanted to lead them there. How many times in our own personal walk like that and we think we've got it all figured out but we haven't consulted with God? God wants to lead you. God wants to take you there. Listen to me. The problem isn't the destination. You get that? The problem isn't getting the Canaan. The problem is the journey to Canaan. How many of you want to go to heaven? Anybody in here want to go to heaven? Oh, praise God. I'm not going to be there by myself. Hallelujah. Listen, we want to go to heaven. See, it's not the destination. There's no problem with that. All that I've read about it, i got to go to heaven. After what I've been through here on this earth, I gotta go. I gotta make heaven. I gotta get there. If don't nobody else want to go, I'm going to skip in anyway. And I'm going to sing my songs. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to get down on my knees. If I look this way and I don't see you, I look this way and don't see you, look back there and don't see you, I'm going to keep on praising him anyway. I've been waiting on this. I'm looking forward to getting there. It isn't any problem with the destination. The problem is with the journey, how you get there. I remember my kids told me, and I've shared this before about a situation. One day I'm driving down the street with my boys in the back of the car, and they, they always ask him, and they ask me, say, Daddy, where are we going? And I just didn't feel like talking about it, so I said it, and I said it to my wife. I'm being smart, Alecky. And anyway, I said, I'm going to heaven. And my little son turned around and said, Daddy, can I go too? And I said, yeah, you can go, son. You know, you can go. And my other son said, uh-uh. He said, not me. And I'm wondering, what's wrong with this kid? And <laughs> look, and then he turns around, and he says it very plainly. He says, he says I'm going to wait on God to take me. He knows the way. You follow me, you're in trouble, okay? It might get warm, okay? You see, I don't know the way. God wants to lead us. God wants to take us down the journey. He wants to get us there so that we make the destination successfully, and it's not us that's doing the work. We would love to be able to lead each other. Getting back to that verse in the 21st verse, listen to what it says. So Moses wrote, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of clouds to lead them the way. It was important that God did the leading. 
David writes this, this uh, Psalms 23, you're familiar with it. But a couple of verses, second verse says this, he leads me beside the still water. Only God knows where the waters of life is. He knows where the still water is. You don't. Leave it up to me, you're in trouble. You know what I'm good at finding? Whirlpools and turbulent water. I can find those. I can do it blindfold. Somehow, I'm going to find the turbulent water. But the Bible promised that if God leads me, he'll lead me to the still waters. It's him that'll get me there. Listen, too many times we're depending upon all the wrong stuff. We're depending today sometimes upon things like, uh, that can lead us like statistics, like reports. We're looking for a book to open up. How, I mean, I'm going to tell you, listen. I got a library that you just can't believe. I've got boxes and boxes of books where I've read and read and read and read trying to find the answers, trying to find the way, trying to find how to be a better this, how to do this better, how to do that better, how to get over this, how to get that. I am booked out. I have read and read, and I will continue to read. I love reading anyway. I love studying. But you see, when it gets right down to it, there comes a place and a time when I've got to get in there on my own and I've got to get to know God myself. I've got to get familiar with the voice of God that is speaking to me and I've got to let him lead me. You get it? God wants to do the leading. Not the sheep leading ourselves. When the good shepherd is leading, Somewhere in there, you're going to lie down in green pastures. When the good shepherd is leading, when the good shepherd is leading, somewhere you're going to camp out beside the still waters. When the good shepherd is leading, even when you go down paths that seem to take you away from where you think you ought to go into some of the shady parts of life, David says this, he says, you're right there because your rod and your staff is there with me and bringing comfort in my life. God wants to lead us, folks. And we're living in times now when it's so easy to get caught up into everything else and you look back and you ask yourself, where is God? And believe me, I've been there. You see, mazes of life will take you places that you don't want to go. And you have to ask the question, who's leading us? Who's leading you? Who are you depending on taking you where you can't go? The psalmist also writes this in Psalms 119, 105. He says, thy lamp, your lamp, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, I need to pause for a moment. I'm sorry. I need to prove to you that God still do miracles. And he has given me permission this morning to show you that God is the God of miracles, that God is still able to do all that he said he will do. do. Do we have any Christians in here? Um, 
can I just, I want you to receive this miracle. And I want God to really show you something here. Brother, could you come up for a minute? And, I, and I'm going to tell you why I singled you out. Because my favorite color is green. And all of you that wear green today, you are so blessed. Because in my head, I remember green, and so you'll probably get prayed for by me. And being one of God's favorites, I know he'll hear my prayer. So you're really blessed. I want you to do something. Do you trust God first? Absolutely, completely. You believe God, can, he, he leads your life, right? Then I want you to put this mask on. We're going to do a Kreskin thing. Now, I got to make sure that you cannot see. If you can see, you may need to take your glasses off. Or I just need to be sure you cannot see. He can't see. Okay, everybody, our volunteer cannot see. How do I know that? Because he told me. And so I know that he can't see. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to trust me. Trust my word. I mean, trust my word entirely, completely. My, your life depends right now upon my word. But if you trust my words, I promise to get you to where you need to get successfully. That's a promise, okay? Okay, now turn around, if you would. That's good. That's great. Now, just, okay. Now, watch very carefully. I want to demonstrate. And if you don't watch, you might miss it. Brother, I want you to turn around again. A little bit more to your right. Great. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to take one step forward. Don't be cautious, just trust me. I want you to take now a half a step forward. There you go. Now, you're right at the edge of the step. Now, what I want you to do is that I want you to lower one foot down to the first step. Okay, lower the other foot. Now, take your time. Okay, now I want you to slightly turn to your right a little bit more. Good. Now I want you to take another step down carefully. You're doing great. Now I want you to take one more step down. Oh, you got this thing done. Now, I want you to turn to the right a little bit more. Complete turn, complete turn, a little bit more. Great. Now I want you to walk forward three steps. Now, I want you to make a complete about face. Turn all the way around. Okay, now I want you to take three steps forward again. Stop. Make a right turn again. A little bit more. Great. Now I want you to walk forward. Continue. You're doing great. Now slow down. Stop. Now move to the left just a little bit. You're doing good. Now take one more step. Okay, now I want you to turn to the right. I want you to take a half a step forward. Place your hand up. Touch. Feel around a little lower. You feel a chair. Okay, now sit. That was a simple little exercise. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Now, now, here's what I've learned. 
I've learned that I can't see my tomorrows. I would love to. I would love to have a crystal ball. I would love to be able to get a dream at night, every night, so that I know exactly where I'm going to go, exactly what I'm going to do. I would love to be able to have some kind of special bug-eyed sight where I can always see what tomorrow's going to bring. Because to me, tomorrow is dark. To me, I am blind to tomorrow. I have no idea what to look forward to. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to come in my life. I don't know about any events or circumstances or situations that's going to occur in my life. I cannot see. And since I cannot see, I'm going to have to trust somebody who can see better than I can, who can see my tomorrows, who can see my circumstances, who can see where I'm going because I cannot see it. God promises us that he would lead us and guide us through our tomorrows. He'll take us where we can't get to on our own. Do you get it? He'll get you there. Problem is that we have a tendency not to trust God. And when we don't trust God, we end up with the alligators. We end up over there in the quicksand and we're getting caught down and now all we can do is holler, help, 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 help. When God is saying, I will direct you. I will take you there. He says, my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. My word will be there to direct your pathway. I'll show you where to go. I'll show you how to get there. And you can do it successfully if you'll trust me for doing it. I hate to say, sometimes because of my own belief or unbelief, I tend to start trusting indicators. I start trusting stats. I start trusting everything but God. We turn on the television, CNN, MSNBC, or whatever it is. And we turn on those things, and what we end up doing is we walk away, and we got this load on our shoulders because we're letting other people telling us about our future and not realize that you're no longer of this world, that you're part of the kingdom of God. God will direct your steps. You are to focus on God and see what God wants you to do. But I don't understand why I'm going down that way. There's a lot of things you'll never understand. You just got to trust God. God. You got to hear his word. You got to let God take you there. It's his world. He made it. He knows what to do. He knows what he wants to do with you. But there's a tendency, as I said, to Vermita start wanting to fix it myself. I want to bring out all my equipment, you know, and I want to lock in on what it is that I'm supposed to do instead of focusing on God and on his word. Listen, quickly here, there's a couple times in my life that God had to reveal that to me. One time was when I was real deadly sick and, and um, I had, uh, had, my stomach had started to perforate and I've shared this before and, and went to the hospital and I spent a long time in the hospital and it just seemed like I couldn't get any better after I got home and, and I just kept getting worse and finally, you know, they told me, they said there's just nothing else we can do. And if you make it, you're going to be on this medication probably the rest of your life, and you're going to be taking this bland food because you can't have any kind of seasoning or any kind. You can't do this, you can't do that. And after a while, it was just like the only thing I could eat was paper <laughs> or cardboard, and anything else would kill me. 
And I remember crying out, oh, God, and I didn't know Jesus, but I knew my grandmother knew him. And I remember crying out to God and says, God, I can't take this. I can't do it. And I remember hollering, oh, God, please, God, please do something. Do something. God, I don't want to die. Not like this. And I didn't want to die like that. And I remember I cried with all my heart so sincerely. And I remember hearing this little voice speak to me and tell me, it's okay. I'm with you. I remember that little voice telling me, you can eat anything you want to eat. And I thought about it for a few moments, but I was so desperate that I went and got some food to eat. And for the first time in months and months and months, that food stayed down and it didn't come back up. I can drink a bottle of hot sauce today if I want to and it'll all stay down. Well, it's going to come out. But it all, but it will all stay down. Man had told me it went as far as it could go, but God's got the final word. Sometimes we're looking at all these things and God said, but you're not listening to me. You're caught up in the circumstances. You're caught up into events. I want your eyes focused back on me. I need you to hear what I am telling you. I created you for my purpose, not for the purpose of the world, not for the purpose of yourself. For my purpose. And that we belong to him. And he wants to direct us. I'm just about done. Give me another 45 minutes. <laughs> Let me ask you, how, how does God basically lead you? You want me to answer that question, how God basically leads his people through his word. You can always find guidance in the word. And God wants us spending time. And when he gets right down to it, is there a name to the word? Yeah, there is. It's called Jesus who is the word. I'm not here to guarantee you that you won't have any more pain. I'm not here to tell you you won't have any more hardship because you already read the scriptures as many are the afflictions of the righteous so we know that they're coming. What I'm here to tell you though is that God will guide you and deliver you to where he needs to have you if you'll trust in him. Psalms 46.1 says that the Lord is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You see, mazes... They can be a pain, but they're part of the journey. You're not going to get through life without going through one or more or more and more. And the only one that can give you the key you need to get through is called Jesus. I'm about done. So much is going on today, folks. And I see people falling away from basic truths of the scriptures. I see us trying to supplement God, his word, with the wisdom of man. And I'm not saying that God's not giving us better ways to apply it. But you can't find no new truths outside of God's word. His word is the truth for those of us that call ourselves Christians. You've been called to a walk of trust. 
You've been called to believe and trust that God will deliver you where you need to be. And that makes you peculiar. It makes you stand out. Because there's so many times the world wants you to say, you ought to see this, you ought to go along with this, you ought to, and we says, no, we can't. Because here's what God's word says. And I'm willing to trust that this morning. And I hope that you are. As things continue to move in the direction that it's moving in, it's going to become important that we are known as people of the word. Students of the word, disciples of the word, word-led, word-directed, word-motivated, word-moved. The word ought to be flowing. When they see us, they ought to see the living letters or the living epistles, the living words of God ought to be written all over us and that somebody that don't pick up the book and read it, they ought to be able to read the Bible every time you walk outside your house. We're not to be astray from the word. We're supposed to be part of the word. We're supposed to trust it. Don't know where yet this morning. Don't know, have no idea where we are. And, but I know this, some of you this morning, you're in trouble. And God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. And the way he's going to do that is getting into his word and trusting it. It will lead you to your destiny. It will take you where you need to go if you're willing to trust it. You've tried yours. Didn't work. Try God. Now, I know I'm not talking to unbelievers, I'm talking to believers this morning. And because we wear the title, we ought to truly trust and be the believers of God's holy word. Bow your heads. Father, I believe I've shared what I believe you've given me to share with the people that are here this morning. I ask for help. And some of that helps begin right here in this pulpit with me. As I look at circumstances and events in my life, sometimes I get so captured by them is that I stop trusting your word. I repent of that this morning. And I ask, oh God, that you will guide me and others this morning back to your word again. And that we'll not simply just pick it up as good reading. It's not just good literature. But Father, we'll see your word as being the inspired word of God itself that you have given to us that will allow us to successfully maneuver through all the mazes of life 
and that we may reach our destination that you intended. And I ask that in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.